is Patience and Money from the 282 Group at Wells Fargo Advisors. Investment and insurance products are not insured by the FDIC or any federal government agency, are not a deposit or other obligation or guaranteed by the bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of the principal amount invested. Good day. This is Ryan Culpepper. Senior Vice President, Investment Officer, and PIN Portfolio Manager at the 2A2 Group here at Wells Fargo Advisors. It's April 2023, and the markets are moving. And that's right, the markets are moving. With 2022 now firmly in the rearview mirror, we are welcoming some of the positive first quarter stock market results with a renewed sense of bullishness. In fact, I'm not surprised to see stock markets up after the first quarter. Remember, we entered this year giving our friends and family five reasons to buy stocks in 2023. And as we begin the first week of April, we have the S&P 500 up over 7% for the year. We have the NASDAQ 100 up over a whopping 16% to start 2023. And in fact, don't look now, but it's actually entered a new bull market in the first quarter. The first quarter stock market results, well, they've even taken my bullishness by surprise. What didn't work last year seemed to be working well this year. What worked well last year could be down in the first quarter for this year. A great example is the best performing sector of the S&P 500 in 2022, the energy sector. She was a rock star, but today, energy is still firmly a negative ground for the first quarter. The so-called conservative stocks of the S&P 500, those would be kind of the value stocks or dividend payers. A lot of those are negative to start the year, while growth stocks have had truly a nice start. It has been an interesting year for stock market returns so far. In fact, we've experienced almost the opposite stock market of what we are being told by financial news pundits only three months ago. When I wrote my article last quarter, I really wanted to push back against the fear-driven connotations coming out of the news media today. Talks of a deep recession were loud. We wanted to be that voice that said, hey, 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 stay calm. Let's think long-term about our stocks. And it was our case that coming into this year that at least a mild recession was already priced into the stock market. We felt and continue to feel the surprises to the upside for stocks. I mean, as I turn on the TV this morning, the news media is loud and at it again. Not only are they continuing to paint the same fearful picture of high inflation, mega hawkish Fed, rising gas prices in the Russian-Ukraine war, they are also piling it on with continuing talks of a global banking crisis. Fear and greed are what the news media likes to do. But I mean, look at it, right? If they told you things like, our banking system is solid, the economy is super strong, well, would you tune in as much? If they reported that we were not the best country in the world, but we have so many things to be thankful for, we would never tune in. But guess what? In our opinion, our banking system is solid. Our economy remains strong. We are living in the best country in the world. We believe we should be thankful for the amazing lives we have as Americans. But the phone calls we received over the last few months have been so telling. With some of those questions that we get, we can even tell what news media our clients are listening to. But look, no matter what side of the aisle you're on politically, we can tell our client base is fearful today. If you are fearful today because of what they say, look, step away from the TV, the newspaper. You know, while you're 
while you're sitting in a traffic jam, sit back and enjoy the sunshine. There's truly a sad day coming for all of us. We know life's going to give us a reason to get upset. We will have a reason one day to be upset. So we don't need the news media to scare us into making what could be a great day into We don't believe it's ever as bad as it seems. And then we feel that may be the case for the economy and stocks as well. Listen, maybe it's just not as bad as it seems. First quarter 2023 stock market results are in and the S&P 500 is on pace to return over 30% this year. That's a big number. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm bullish on stocks, but I'm starting to think that perhaps the bulk of the returns for the year are in. I do believe stocks will finish the year on positive ground, but a 30% a 30 rate of return would make even my draw drop. I mean, think about it. After the first quarter, the NASDAQ 100 is on pace to return over 60%. Man, I'd love to think that that's what we are in store for, but we all know that's not our most probable outcome. Even with stocks up nicely to start the year, we are not ready to wave the all clear signal. In fact, we are still preparing ourselves for a very volatile stock market. So what I wanted to do is revisit our five reasons to buy stocks from last quarter to see how some of these bullish type scenarios are taking shape in the markets today. So as we revisit those, our first point was just the simple fact that inflation could fall much faster than everyone thinks. You don't have to go far and you can see that incoming data from various fronts are all pointing to inflation slowing. The idea we may be past peak inflation seems to become more and more a reality. We are seeing manufacturing contract. Commodity prices have fallen and are beginning to stabilize. Home prices have fallen for the first quarter of 2023 and continue to moderate across the country. Indeed, there are disinflationary pressures building across the board. Maybe just not enough. I mean, so far through the year, the gauge we use for inflation, CPI, is still up too high at 6% year over year. That is not slowing at the pace we would like to see to wave an all clear signal. Inflation is proving to be very sticky and maybe too sticky for what we want to see as stock investors, or at least to get really behind the stock market. So as we talk about the fight against inflation, we have to mention our second point, the Fed. And that was just in simple, the Fed could pause rates much sooner than what people were expecting. Now that said, our most bullish case that the Fed would stop raising rates after February has already proven to be way too optimistic. We got a 25 basis point interest rate hike in March. And we do believe once the Federal Reserve stops raising rates, the outlook for stocks gets much more positive. So far, unemployment and the overall health of our economy remains incredibly strong and resilient in the face of these historic interest rate hikes. Even after a couple prominent banks failed in part because of the pace of interest rate hikes, the Federal Reserve remains on course into continuing its interest rate hiking cycle. If we continue to see unemployment remain strong and inflation remain sticky, the Federal Reserve will most likely continue raising rates and most likely longer than our more bullish scenarios really call for. So then as you talk about inflation and the Fed, obviously we go into a recession and that brought up our third point and that's that the economy could avert a deep recession. So coming into this year, we have to look at what families have been doing, and they have been saving at an above average rate for years. In fact, today, the consumer is still spending robustly. 
unemployment levels remain uncharacteristically strong. This could mean that companies will continue to see earnings grow more than expected and will largely maintain their workforces. This could create an economic backdrop that will keep the U.S. economy out of a deep recession in 2020. So far, the idea of a shallow recession is still a high probability event for us. A deep recession scenario seems to be much too bearish for us and today less popular among many economists than at the beginning of the year. It looks more and more like we will need to see some type of black swan event for the U.S. economy to truly enter a deep recession. So what's the opposite of a recession? Maybe a bullish return. So we took that one step further and built out the case for a 20% rate of return for the S&P 500 this year. And this is a bullish view that we still support as long shot probability. Although we can see this happening, we see it happening for a different reason than maybe coming into this year. In December, I felt we could begin to see disinflationary pressures come into the economy while earnings continue to expand, right? If, if they weren't laying off people, earnings could continue to expand and that would lead to higher stock prices. We still believe we're seeing PE expansion that's price to earnings expansion in stocks but maybe not because of the deflationary reasons I thought in the beginning of the year. So, you know, PE expansion has occurred, but mainly because the stocks and economies are much stronger than we gave them credit to just, you know, a year ago. The consumer is healthier and companies are earning more than what we thought this summer. This is naturally pushing stock prices higher to start the year. To take it one step further, let's think about this. Maybe the economy can not only handle higher interest rates, but maybe continue to grow, not contract in these higher interest rates. So as we talk about a growing stock market, pushing through some of this inflation, the next point has to turn to how does that affect the housing market? This is the largest source of wealth for Americans. And by all accounts, the housing market was hit hard last year and certainly into the first quarter of 2023. We've seen house price declines across the country as we're entering into what is usually thought to be the best season for selling your home. Remember, as a country, we practically didn't build a new home between 2008 and 2012. This has contributed to a very tight home supply today. To add to that, the oldest millennials are now in their 40s and are moving from to the suburbs. Because of this dynamic, we continue to believe there's a lot of pent-up demand on the sidelines. If we continue to see mortgage rates steady or even move a little lower, we could see demand coming back into the housing markets. As millennials continue to move from the city to the suburbs, we could see strong demand in the housing market. A healthy housing market would only fuel economic growth. With the main season for selling your home around the corner, we're all going to be the edge on the edge of our seats to see how this one turns out. It's not out of the question to think 2023 could lead to higher stock market prices. Coming into this year, investor sentiment was at lows that we have not seen since the 2008 financial crisis. Maybe, just maybe, stocks in our U.S. economy won't be as bad as it was then. Maybe the U.S. economy won't be as bad as advertised by the news media outlets of today. After reviewing our reasons to buy stocks this year, we continue to feel the surprise could be to the upside for stocks in 2023. Listen, America, stay bullish.
opinions expressed in this report are those of the authors and are not necessarily those of Wells Fargo Advisors or its affiliates. The material has been prepared or is distributed solely for information purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. All investing involves some degree of risk, whether it's associated with market volatility, purchasing power, or a specific security, including the possible loss of principal. Wells Fargo Advisors is a trade name used by Wells Fargo Clearing Services, LLC, member SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and non-bank affiliate of Wells Fargo Company. Stocks offer long-term growth potential, but may fluctuate more and provide less in current income than other investments. Index returns are non-fund returns. An index is unmanaged and is not available for direct investment. The S&P 500, Standard & Poor's 500, is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The 282 Group of Wells Fargo Advisors is a full-service wealth management group providing financial advice to both individual and business investors. For a comprehensive menu of professional services or to learn more about the 282 Group's professionally managed portfolios, please contact us at 704-553-6374.